Welcome to the top three podcasts for entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks, and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the top three podcast for entrepreneurs. This is Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO, and today I have with me Erin Gargan, the founder of Socialite. Erin uh, is a friend of mine, and she is quite amazing. Socialite is a social media company. Uh, I believe you call your office the Dollhouse, a bunch of super smart, savvy ladies running around helping Erin conquer the world. Erin, how are you? I'm so glad you're here. Doing great, Stephanie. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. So, Erin, you're very close. You're in um, you're in the Orange County, and tell everybody a little bit about you. Give them the background on Socialite and what you're working on today. Sure. So, uh, Socialite started a couple of years ago um, when I realized that this little social media thing that we were all playing around on uh, could actually really impact. Um, different brands and, and and help them to really harness the power of, of social media. So I started Socialite uh, in 2000, I think 11 or 12, one of the two, and, um, and began really working with a number of, of different brands to help them figure out, you know, why are we using social media, um, what's important uh, to our customers, and where are they spending their time making purchasing decisions and uh, educating themselves on different products and services. So started it, um, worked with some great companies. We've we've done all the social media for a bunch of different e-commerce sites like bookrenter.com and shoprunner.com, worked with wedding.com, auction.com, and um, we've done you know retail with Beach Bunny Swimwear being a great client. We've done um, a lot of really exciting projects for entertainment clients. Uh, most recently, we were hired to run all the social media around the Oscars, which was a very very exciting project. And we also um, helped uh, run all the social media around the, the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital, uh, foundation at, uh, Nelson Mandela's 95th birthday last July, uh, shortly before he passed. And, um, so we've done some really cool stuff. We have, uh, learned a lot along the way. We have some great relationships and we really have a lot of fun, um, every single day, to be honest. Um, and right now we are working on, our most uh, recent project is actually with the uh, United States Navy. So we are learning all about uh, top government secrets that I can't share on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Aaron, I'll get you to tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to kill you. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your success quote. You say, let's test and learn. And this is something that you follow every day in your business. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So, you know, test and learn is my favorite quote in business because it's it's sort of entrepreneurial insurance against getting too high or too low, no matter what you're trying to figure out. Um, all too often as entrepreneurs, we are kind of forced to make promises, whether it's to investors or employees and, and most importantly to, to clients on projects. So when someone asks, you know, 
can this be done or will this work? Those scary questions. Um, typically my, my response is, well, we are going to test and we are going to learn because, you know, everything we're doing, we're, we're, we're trying our best to make educated strategic decisions, but, you know, along the way we're gleaning those insights. And I think that it, it helps to set and create an expectation that's realistic, which is that, you know, figuring out solutions for business is constantly a journey and it's constantly pivoting and changing. And I think setting people up to understand that that's going to be their experience takes out a lot of the drama when everything's not solved perfectly by deadline, you know, the next month. So test and learn is a great way to approach um, business strategy, not only for your clients and for your employees trying to figure out solutions, but also to yourself as an entrepreneur, right? Because every day you're not failing, you're just learning, right? So it helps get you closer and closer to those goals. And I love that because that really means that you need to be stay or need to stay open and be curious in order to figure out the best, you know, course of action instead of being tied to an outcome. Um, I love that to make sure that you're learning and testing and learning and then and making your your decisions on that. So great, great, great quote. So tell us a surprising secret about you that <laughs> will just give us a little insight into Aaron. Um, well, I have a lot of energy, as you may be able to tell from my pace of speaking, which I'm trying to slow down for this podcast. Um, but I actually, when I was younger, uh, when I was 15 years old, I represented the United States of America in the World Irish Dancing Championships. <laughs> True story. How did so. you get into that? Uh, you know, my, my grandparents are, are all from Ireland, and my family's super Irish, and everyone in my family plays instruments and can recite poetry, and uh, my mom Irish danced, and my grandmother Irish danced, and it was part of our, kind of just our heritage growing up. I didn't realize how unique it was till I, <laughs> till I grew up and realized that no one knew what that was, um, <laughs> but it was a really great experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it was a great outlet for all of my energy as a kid. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so let's dive into your top three tips for creating social media around events. And your first tip is <clears throat> pick a clear channel and an easy hashtag. So tell us what you mean by that. So typically when you talk about how can we use social media to either promote this event and drive registration to this event. That's kind of the pre-show, right? But then the second piece of how do we use social is how do we really enhance the attendee experience at the show? So there's kind of two pieces to, to social for events. You have your, your pre-show and you have your on-site at the show. So when I say clear channel, easy hashtag. Clear channel means Decide which one to two, maybe three, you know, if you're CES or, you know, some kind of, or, or concerts, very socially savvy audiences, decide which platforms um, that your attendees can expect to turn to and engage with. So as long as they know that you're going to be on Facebook or maybe you're just Instagram or it's just LinkedIn, whatever you are comfortable using as the communication channel, decide on it. 
keep it simple and make sure that everyone knows that that's what you're using. So promote that. Um, I think that the real, the real key here is you don't have to be on every single platform to successfully use social for an event. So that's the first piece. Um, easy hashtag. So easy hashtag is basically making sure that your events hashtag is very quick and if I hear it or see it once, I'm able to remember it very, very easily. Even if it's not the sexiest, most descriptive, perfect hashtag, easy and simple beats long and witty and hard to remember anytime. So with deciding which platforms you're going to use, deciding on your hashtag, make sure that every single piece of your marketing materials around that event is promoting the channels and promoting the hashtag from your website to your emails to your print most importantly your signage on site at the show you know those those huge banners that are broadcasting the event whether it's a trade show a conference or a concert make sure that hashtag is plastered everywhere so that when someone goes as they do to use their mobile phone to upload and engage they have that hashtag as top of mind and they know which channel to go to i love that it seems like it would be intuitive, but it's really not because when you go to some of these events, those things are missing. And I love that how you say to pick one one channel because sometimes you think you need to be across all of them. And let me tell you how to find us on Twitter and Facebook. And you're saying pick one channel that your audience really knows well. I think you and I, when we were talking before we actually hit record, you were at an event or working an event that had a little bit of an older crowd, so you chose to only go with Facebook. So it really is about your audience, too. Exactly. That's awesome. Perfect. So you're, the second tip that you have uh, for running events and making sure that your socials all dial it in is social registration. What do you mean by that? Uh, social registration, again, sounds like it would be a pretty basic um, kind of layup piece to the, the, uh, the complicated event pie. But what I found with a lot of our, our clients is that they have one registration point. So, you know, anyone that does web marketing knows that you want to have multiple conversion points. You want to have multiple places that someone can go to cross over and take the action that you want them to take. So for some reason, I've been seeing more and more that there's one registration page that's on the website. Um, sometimes it's on a, a mobile-friendly version of the website. But, you know, there's a couple different ways to integrate that social registration into your pre-show marketing that can make it very seamless and painless for the attendee. Um, my personal favorite, uh, especially when you have some of the older crowds at various you know conferences or events is just a basic uh, Facebook registration tab that you can take them to that talks to your event database so it kind of updates in real time um, that's a really easy way to be able to have a link that can keep them in the environment that they've been hearing about your event mm -hmm. and allow them to convert without actually getting kicked out um, there's also a couple other options that I've used with clients that have had a really great experience. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard of Eventbrite. That's that's a great one. Um, but two other ones you may not have heard of uh, are PlanCast 
and Twitbite, which is T-W-T-B-I-T-E, Twitbite, which actually is the, the company that started the whole tweet-up phenomenon, which are, you know, real-life meetings organized on Twitter. Um, but so Plancast and Twitbite, two other options outside of Eventbrite um, to be able to kind of just make sure that you have a social-friendly, socially integrated registration option that's quick and easy. When we held our XX event at South by Southwest last year, using Eventbrite really made a difference because it pings the people that are in your social network saying, hey, your friend's going to this event, check it out, where you may have never heard of that event, event until that moment. And that's how I find out about almost all the events I go to at South by. So that's oh, a yeah. great way to extend oh, yeah. the network. It, absolutely. I mean, it's again, it's it's how do we take that that experience of one to one? So Stephanie and South by Southwest, how do we take it from one to one on a web registration page and take it to become one to many, like you said, with that social sharing? Um, and that's really where you'll start to see a more robust experience all around, like you said, that you saw uh, at South by. Yeah, so cool. Okay, good. So the third tip you have is schedule the event schedule. What does that mean? <laughs> schedule the event schedule. Um, again, this is a tip that um, sounds extremely uh, like a no-brainer. But what I found with a lot working with a lot of different social media teams um, that are tasked with the immense undertaking of running social for a large event, whether it's corporate conferences or entertainment events is, you know, for the most part, a two to three day event has a pretty specific schedule, you know, whether it's certain speakers or sessions or performances, even the fun stuff like, you know, lunch or happy hour or the nighttime events, right? There's, there's always some kind of an agenda that's already laid out there. So a really easy way to make social a lot more turnkey for you at these events is go ahead and just do yourself a favor and schedule in the event schedule. So, I mean, that's, you know what time these things are going on. You know, how great to have content that's counting down, you know, 15 minutes left till the keynote begins. Mm. And those types of things are so easy to create the content, make it fun, lay it in, and then that's off your plate. So what that does is it makes it a lot easier as someone who's running social for an event to really be able to be agile and focus on amplifying the fun stuff, which is what's happening live in real time on the show floor or backstage. And you're able to really publish that stuff in a way that's that's fun and not feeling overwhelming like so many social media uh, managers that I've come across at these events. The poor things are trying to schedule everything at once on the fly. and um, So just take that, that pressure off yourself and schedule the event schedule. And that way you can really open yourself up to being able to amplify the fun things happening in real time, um, like I said, backstage or on, or on the show floor. That is brilliant. Again, seems like it would be intuitive, but it you're obviously seeing that it's not being carried out. So <laughs> that's really cool. So you're saying use something like a Hootsuite or a Sprout Social to dial this in before the event even starts, maybe a week or, you know, day before, so that while you're there, 
you can really focus on the cool stuff that's going on and making sure that you are really doing things that are live and capturing the moment and being in the moment so that you can really relay it via social. Exactly. I mean, and, and an added benefit, just to add to how you just recap that perfectly, um, is that you're also able to secure um, approval ahead of time from show management, which can be very sensitive to the types of messaging going out. Um, so at least they can kind of, you know, take a peek at what's scheduled to go live and that, that again helps you to alleviate the, uh, the too many cooks in the kitchen anxiety of the on the fly publishing at the event, which I've also seen uh, a time or two. So. Wow. That's, that's a great point. Awesome. Perfect. So we also like to ask our guests, <clears throat> what's a book recommendation that you would like to pass along to the entrepreneurs listening? Hmm. What What's the name of the book you're writing, Stephanie? <laughs> good question. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, a great book that I, I finished recently, although I don't believe it was published uh, recently. I think it's been out for quite some time. But um, the book is called The Art of Woo, W-O-O, The Art of Woo. And obviously, um, you know, this book has to do with uh, persuasion and woo, in my opinion, is a much lovelier, uh, sweeter connotation than the sometimes uh, strategic or manipulative connotation of persuasion, right? Uh -huh. um, so I think this book is so helpful for any entrepreneur because if you're an entrepreneur, you probably have the gift of gab a little bit, right? You're able to get people excited and put things in motion and ignite, you know, small movements on different levels. But, you know, sometimes it takes a refresher course uh, to understand why do people get excited about what you're saying and why do they jump on board. And the big takeaway from this book that you'll hopefully find if you uh, take a look is that, you know, the art of woo is all about constantly looking at situations from the other person's point of view completely and how just making that switch and, and shelving your agenda can actually help you accomplish it a lot easier. That's great. I think that, I think that's relevant almost throughout life. I think in your relationships, uh, in your business, I think making sure that you're looking at it from the other person's point of view always will give you a deeper understanding and a multifaceted view of what's happening in front of you. So that's, that's awesome. I haven't read it, but I will definitely read it now. Good. So we always like to end our podcast with a challenge that our guest challenges our audience to do one thing that they think will move the needle in their business or make a big impact. What is your challenge to our audience today? My challenge would be not a long-term goal, not a short-term goal, but just one really scary goal for just today. Like figure out one uncomfortable task that you are determined to accomplish by the end of today, no matter what. That's my challenge. <laughs> well, I hope everybody emails us or pings us on Facebook to tell us how they did with your challenge. <laughs> I'll have to figure out my own. <laughs> and I'll good. report back too. Erin, thank you so much for being on today. I Thanks. always love our chats. Um, just to give everybody a little 
background on on the podcast today, you and I probably chatted for about 30 minutes before we hit record just because I just love talking to you and we always have so much fun and get really deep really quickly. So thank you for sharing your insight. Um, You can find Aaron at SoCalSocialite.com and uh, we will have everything up on the show notes page. But Aaron, again, thank you so much for having the time or taking the time to come on today and we will have you back on definitely. Anytime, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Top 3 Podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher level business strategy, the Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.